live from the quarantine, it's the 55-1 Podcast with your host, Wes Burdine. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, this is... <laughs> What the fuck, <laughs> Wes? I've got uh, I've got uh, on the on the the Zoom cast. Uh, I've got Mark Fangmeyer. Um, how are you, comrade? I am uh, living the dream. What's uh, what's the what are you drinking here? You've been double. You've double fisting. I am a double fisting between uh, Borders Bourbon from Forty Fifth Parallel, okay, and Hams. <laughs> I got a giant German mug full of hams to go with my bourbon. And a boy. Uh, we've got Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. Hey, man. Hey, what's up? <laughs> You're acting like, oh, hey, I didn't know you were here. What's up? Oh, uh, you know. Welcome to uh, my basement. <laughs> welcome to my basement. Um, <laughs> and also with us, Corey Schreppel, uh, who um, definitely, like, every time it, it's like, uh, almost disturbing how good of a setup he has because this is what he does for a living. But like you, you just you've got like the 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 neck brace on your chair. You've got the fancy microphone. You've got the fancy. I, I'm like on a. Oh, actually, yeah. Rodrigo's got the the Corey background now. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 fully jealous of you of your setup. But uh, good to see Corey. It's that I'm I'm hanging, man. You know, just uh, got my uh, quarantine podcast production farm here and. Uh, just uh, yeah, not trying ex- to keep it together. Not exactly the um, the the best time to be uh, putting out podcasts, since it, it it sounds to me that podcast listening is is way down. Uh, it's people are figuring out new habits, man. Yeah. Uh, I will I will plug. Uh, we've have a new podcast coming out this week, uh, Wednesday of this week, so the twenty ninth of April. Okay. Um, Julie Andrews reading children's books to kids. And their um, and their parents. My daughter is so freaking excited for this. I was like, Wilhelmina, how would you like to have Mary Poppins read you stories? She's like, What? I was like, Yeah, Mary fucking Poppins. And, yeah. like, oh. and then then she'll realize you can't look at Mary Poppins when anytime the kids are like, Oh, let me see it. And it's like, No, it's just a song. Oh, whatever. Like Yeah, I, I will say it's it's been a joy. It's been like the uh kind of the saving grace like the, the the fun nice positive cheery thing to to work on for the last so you're just spending weeks. like hours a day like with julie in your ears just being like just just <laughs> not quite mix, but, but, mix but master, kind of i like to think master, it's that. uh poppins over there yeah exactly Do you ever Jim, get to like talk to julie andrews uh once or twice and she's oh, delightful she's just as goodness. delightful as you would expect I could not imagine how amazing that is. Like it's yeah. a, especially like a hug only in like conversation form. Yeah. It's that it's Just it's legit. Full of sugar makes some medicine go down. <laughs> um uh and uh Corey, what what are you what what are you imbibing on here? Uh I'm finishing the This is my penultimate uh uh spotted cow that I have left in my okay. fridge. Um Rodrigo has the 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 pisco. Blame I'm actually going to I'm gonna pause this podcast and actually just drive over to Rodrigo's and uh, walk. You know what this weekend was, right? Uh, Your birthday! Your birthday! Freaking birthday! Birthday. Happy birthday, Rodrigo! And and you've already put a little dent in that uh, bottle of pisco. Um, Yeah, I I had two Zoom happy hours, and that was that was that was, and I got up the next day to be able to record two podcasts. So that was, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Should be. 
Um, I've got uh, a couple of bombers of Bang. Yeah, you do. Bang. I'm, I'm finishing their cream ale, which is amazing. And next, so up, good. Uh, is their pills, um, which is freaking awesome. Has anyone ever tasted this? Is, is it apothic? Apothic red wine. Yeah. I think it's apothic. Yeah. I, I don't particularly think it's good, but let's go to the <laughs> real podcast. <laughs> it's very, very easy to um, forget that you're actually podcasting and not just uh, having a Zoom happy hour. So uh, anyway, um, let's uh, we we have some things to actually we do have some soccer things that we're going to talk about, like lots of little brief things. I wanted to start with uh, I, I just tweeted before the podcast went up. Um, it was one of those Facebook memories that come up the sixth year anniversary of our um, uh, TIFO that was the home opener TIFO. Um, so it would be 2014 and, uh, we had, it was like a huge banner for us. This was like epic and, um, it was in the East stands. And so you can't really get it high enough, but it was probably like 60 feet long and 20 feet high. And, uh, and, and I wanted to have it, uh, we, we had a big, uh, death loon, uh, that someone had created with these crazy eyes. Um, and, uh, I wanted the, the inscription that's over hell, the entrance of hell in Dante's Inferno, um, which I wanted it in the vernacular Italian, um, but I was vetoed by everyone. Um, and it's just said eternal and eternal remain, abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. And, uh, and it was a good, it was just good memory because we did it in my backyard and it was like a lot of people at that point, like all these new people were showing up in the fan fan base. And so like. We had all these, I met all these people, um, Brian Hanf, who um, uh, has been on this podcast and will be on this podcast once we get back to regular life, I think. Um, uh, um, you know, he brought his family. I met people like him and uh, just all these people. Um, so it was a good memory to to go up. I don't know if any of you were at that game, 2014. No. All right. Well, whatever. I, I probably was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you probably were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had season tickets. I assume I was there, but like, I mean, that. I'm old and everything blends together. <laughs> All right. Um, 14, that would have been like right after I moved to Minnesota. So that's like, you know, MNUFC BC. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, uh, I want to ask about the Ramirez interview, if you guys had any thoughts. Uh, last week I, I put out the the Christian Ramirez interview. Um, at the end, I, I was pretty surprised at how um, kind of, I, he didn't like pull his punches and he kind of criticized his coach, which kind of surprised me. I'm not, I'm not used to um, coaches doing that or, or players doing that. You know, I'm used to them saying really politically safe things. And uh, anyway, but in, anything stand out to you about uh, Ramirez? Yeah, no, just the honesty aspect of it. Like, like I, I was expecting it to be like a watered down, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're working hard. We're going to be blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the typical kind of like awful athlete interview. Yeah. And he was very candid, which I really appreciated, actually. Yeah. When he brought up uh, talk, dealing with anxiety issues, I, I was like, hmm, interesting. And I, I like tried to come back to it to see if I could. It's a tough thing to try to do over a phone, whatever. Um Especially because, like, his kid, I had to edit it out, but his, his daughter kept on, like, kind of coming in and, like, turning the speaker off and things like that. Um, <laughs> Should have kept that in, though. I mean, that's Zara, though. Zara's uh, got, like, 
famous on Instagram. Yeah, it didn't. It did. It, it didn't play very well. It's just, but I was also surprised, and I guess I had forgotten this how quickly he was pushed out by when Angelo came. You know, it was basically like, oh, Angelo's here. Um, Ramirez uh, didn't score uh, some goals in this game, and like, oh, then he was sold. Um, you know, yeah, it was a quick turnaround. It was like a cause, week because like yeah. Angelo was brought in. There was a Seattle game where Angelo started and Christian was on the bench and just never made it in. Mm-hmm. And that's the game that like they what gave up two goals last mm-hmm. to like lose in the very end. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. And then that was like, like on July Saturday. or August or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was like on a Saturday, and then on Monday is when Christian was out. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think it was actually like the first weekend of August. Yeah. I, I can't remember his contract that year, but I thought that there was like some like incentive thing, like he was Similar to Miguel, like if you if they played X amount of games, they were they triggered some compensation thing in their in their contract. I can't remember if that was part of it, and then the timing just happened to work out. That wasn't that wasn't actually part of Miguel's contract, by the way. Oh, that was like um, speculated on, and then like um, I, Jeff Ruder usually knows these things, and he very he I asked him about it, and he said absolutely not. So yeah, wasn't that actually part? Of, wasn't that part of Ibsen's contract? Which is why Ibsen didn't play towards the end of whatever the last season like was that twenty eighteen. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't heard of a recent case of that that I that I know about. I thought but. I thought Ibsen's contract had like if you if he did like twenty back heels <laughs> that didn't <laughs> oh, land. <laughs> oh yeah, Colin Solberg's just gonna have to listen to us talk about Ibsen. Um, uh-huh. Sunderland till I die. Uh, I want to ask you about this, guys. Uh, who who has has seen this? I have watched season one. Okay. Season one. I've right. watched both seasons. Okay, um, Rodrigo. I know you, you don't because it's it's British and you boycott. That's right. You're, you're... <laughs> what, wait. So what if there was like a Newcastle till I die? Would you watch that? Only if Solano's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so at, at least uh, the the you know I really enjoyed season two, um, which continues to show like really close up the absolute. Uh, it's not necessarily a disaster, but just kind of um, some of its ineptitude and some of its bad luck and other things. Uh, um, watching the CEO in particular, who is a fucking doof, um, or, or just a, a, I think he, the English word for it would be prat, um, uh, is amazing. And it, it made me like wish that we had a version of that for the first year or two of Minnesota United because, oh my God, like just the proximity I had to it um, made me go like, what is going on here? And not, some of it was, not all of it was bad. I mean, but there was a lot of, um, we know what we're doing and um, people who maybe did not know what they were doing. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and a lot of like, we're going to do this big thing and being like, and hitting reality and things like that. I'm, I'm curious if, if uh, any of you have like a nomination of like, here is the one year or maybe two max that I want to see of a particular club in a particular era to get the, the kind of um, fly on the wall treatment of... I would actually no. I would say the lead up, like if we if they could have done for Minnesota United, like especially after watching the um, the ESPN thing with uh, LAFC, mm-hmm. how they followed LAFC going into MLS, but they didn't show any of the good parts of that. Like they didn't show any of the build up. They just showed like, oh hey, 
um, it's spring. Here's our lineup, and now we're going to start playing games. And that's where the season started, which yeah. sucked. Like, I, if they could have followed Minnesota United from the last season, the, the beginning of the last season of um, NASL all the way through the yeah. end of the like first season of uh, MLS, I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, the I think you're right. Like watching Carl Craig try to do that and asking for them to sign him defenders, and then them being like, "No, we're not going to sign you any defenders." Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was there was some good drama, and I I, I mean, I'm I was definitely not privy to all of it either, and there was lots of um, certain. Minnesota United executives hanging up uh, loudly on MLS executives when they didn't get their way. <laughs> yeah, and just like I mean, just some of the player interviews would have been amazing because, yeah. like, obviously, like what, like three or four players made it to up to the MLS team. Mm-hmm. So every single one of those players at the end of the season is playing not to get injured, so they can get a contract with a different team at the end of the season. Which yes. just seeing that sort of mentality, like seeing the interviews and how that plays out in the locker room and everywhere else would have been fascinating. Well, the, the stories there of, do you remember the five players who came up? And maybe I'm missing one, but there's five. Um, Obviously, uh, Kevin Venegas, uh, Justin, Justin Christian, and Miguel. Right. And I mean, Miguel wasn't really there. But and then, yeah. and then oh, Ibsen. you're right. Yeah, so Miguel wasn't there. Ibsen, yeah, you're so, right, you're right. Oh, I and, mean, Brent Coleman. So that's the five. So Brent Coleman's the fifth, and then Miguel is kind of the sixth. Ish Jome. Oh right! I so, so, so there was seven. About yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Any, you're right. I mean, there was a, a chance to sign Christian earlier, and then because they didn't, you know, there was more interest elsewhere, and then they signed him for a lot. It was lots of things that that you're right would be interesting to see. Anyone have a non uh, Minnesota uh, nomination for? Uh, I would love to. I would still love to watch an uh, an Orlando one. Just. I would, oh. That would be it. Would be like Real Housewives, but like MLS style. That would be really good. Um, or even like the end of um, oh god, what, what's the um, awful LA team that folded? Um, oh, uh, oh Chivas USA? USA. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Like would be yeah. awesome. Um, I would also say a big. I don't know if there's a particular year, but I would watch every year uh, a Montreal Impact one because I feel like Joey Saputo. In every uh, every example, their their owner is is basically like every scene would be like one of those memes where it's just like the two housewives yelling and then the cat kind of looking angry. Yeah, I am one hundred percent with you on that. That's basically one hundred percent. That would be amazing. Yeah. And then also, it would have to have be subtitled, which would make it feel a little <laughs> bit foreign and a yeah. little bit more awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, MLS noir. <laughs> All right. Any any other nominations? Because uh, um, I I also could go with um the Tottenham year when uh um Martin Yole was uh, fired uh, on his way out, or he learned that he was fired in the tunnel on the way into the game, or on the way from halftime, or something like that. There there's some good years of of Tottenham shit them that uh that that I would love. Maybe it's just I want to see that one game a, a story of that, and I could use anything with uh. Dimitar Berbatov in it. Has anybody watched Take Us Home, the um, Leeds United series? Uh-uh. No, I, I, you should watch it. It's. I think it's. I mean, it's it's almost the same as uh, the first season of um, Sunderland. Sunderland yeah. But um, again, because it's the, you know trying to get promoted, 
but it's other than just you know you know shit's bad yeah but um it's it's actually pretty good and like it's basically like what they probably had kind of hoped suddenly until i die like the first season would have been it's like they get actually in a promotion fight yeah and yeah i would highly recommend that watching that one it's pretty good and it has a very like a very good owner who's kind of awesome and it's actually a very like yeah like i said it's it's sunderland it's what sunderland really wishes sunderland to like the first season sunderland to like well that i'm well. convinced that sunderland would not have done season two because obviously like season one doesn't like make them look great but netflix was like yeah but we're gonna give you two million dollars and they were like yeah we'll take the two million dollars yeah. i i part of me was convinced that um the ceo that that was put in charge was Netflix was like, all right, we'll give you $2 million, but you have to hire uh, this Ricky Gervais knockoff as your CEO. Uh, and because it, it would like, to me, there were scenes where there's a scene, Rodrigo, you've not seen this, but there's a scene where he's talking about this really slow song that is like the epic anthem that Sunderland games get started to. And it's a, I forget what the name of the, it's a famous classical music song. And, um, and he was like, yeah, what does it sound like to you? And like, it like cuts to the, the two PR people and like these two guys who like look 24 at most. And they're like, one of them's like, yeah, it's, it's boring. And then the two, two women are like, yeah, but like, this is like the tradition and like, this is what people come for, you know, et cetera. And, and then he's like, yeah, what about this? And he puts on some EDM he's like, right. Yeah. Right. You want, you want to get something like this. And it's like the club. Um, what are you doing? Holy, you're, you're, you're putting up post-it notes rather than talking to us. Rodrigo. <laughs> you know you can <laughs> unmute yourself. <laughs> okay, so Sunderland until I die. That's all I know. But I yeah, do no. And and the best part following that the EDM thing is like the um, actual like play by play guys just complaining about how loud it is in the fucking in the stadium. They're like, this is awful. God, yeah. they're holding like their I call it the cow mics, whatever. Like he uses a, like the yeah. little thing he holds your mouth the whole time. And uh, I just thought it was hilarious, actually. Um, Rodrigo, do you have? Would you? Would you like to speak? Um, <laughs> I think. Um, watch Holy Goalie. Okay. Is this? It was a decent, it's a Spanish film. It's literally it, it's it's entertaining. But like one of the 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 plot is that there's this uh, monastery in Spain that's going to be shut down, and in order to save it, all these non soccer playing monks have to have to play in this like church league called uh, Champions Champions League style, and the winner gets to um, gets to play the Pope's team in the Vatican, so. Um, and like one of the main, one of the main, one of the main actors totally looks like, uh, like a mix of Gerard Depardieu and an older, older Robert De Niro. So, so uh, that I and um, like this Pope's team. Well, I mean, it's it's just you know it's, it's, a, it's an Italian team, right? It's a Vatican <laughs> team. So. so they dive. They just dive everywhere. They all wear they all wear the hats when they play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish that would have made it more entertaining. Michelangelo designed their kits, though, and they are sweet. 
Um, <laughs> putting where putting where sign. Uh, I, w- I will before we get to some more soccer stuff. Uh, I, I want to ask you um, uh, any any recent in the last few weeks since we've recorded any recent um, books or uh, uh, TV shows that uh, are helping you survive quarantine life. I started watching Babylon Berlin. Oh, I'm with about, subtitles. I'm, I'm, I'm about like three or four episodes into season two now, and it's it's, it's very good. Okay. It's very, very good. And the, you were right. The music is some of the best music on a TV show. Okay. And that one damn song from the second episode yeah. of the first season is just so good that like, I just constantly like look it up on YouTube and just play it. And my whole family is like, what the, the hell are you listening to? And I was like, you need to watch a show. It's really good. It's um, yeah. And you, the, song you, is amazing. the soundtrack is on uh, Spotify and I have listened to it many times. Um, also, um, uh, the season, the show never quite gets as good as that second episode of the first season, but um, it, it, it does its best to live up to it. But um, uh, Corey, do you have a, a recommendation for us? Uh, we started. We we tend to go a little bit lighter, uh, so we, uh, based on a bunch of people's recommendations, started watching Community for the first time. Oh. Uh, and the first season, you're like, okay, yeah, it's like a, it's an ensemble cast thing at a community college and then season two it just like gets real weird and real meta and i'm like yeah all right i can understand this now like it's it's weird enough that i'm like oh yeah um, super good and then uh and then what have i read uh i finished a jurgen klopp biography of course um, he did. so of course i, I did the, guy, the guy's the guy's amazing um he's my dad uh I, I, I want to find a recommendation here, but I got to find the the name name of it. So uh, my brother has a podcast um, about where they go episode by episodes on on Community, and he had Ken Jong on it like a week ago or two oh, weeks ago. Oh, that's amazing! So it's called Six Seasons in a Podcast. Oh, sweet! Um, so I, I had Dan, I had Danny Pudi on one of our one of our shows that I used to work on. Uh, he was he was just lovely. Yeah. A bet. I bet he smells nice and uh, <laughs> Not go. as nice as Keegan Michael Key. That guy is. Yeah. Mwah. You do a lot of smelling people doing podcasts. You. It's it's back in my back in my live show days. Yeah, when I did when you saw humans, Rodrigo. What, what <laughs> recommendations do you have for us? Um. Well, we finished Defenders. Um. The only good parts are when Danny Rand gets beat up by everybody else. So. Sounds um, good. Um, I finished Holy Goalie. That was okay. I started watching this movie based out of, made out of Chile, which you guys would, it's about, uh, it's, it's called my friend Alexis. It's about this young boy who actually meets Alexis Sanchez and actually there's Alexis Sanchez in the, in, in the, in the whole film. And I'm really enjoying the music mostly, but so far I got halfway through it. So I'm trying to finish it, but it, it's not it's not a no it's, it's better than holy goalie i'll give you that much so um you you know so, that you already uh, recommended we watch holy goalie no but i'm saying <laughs> yeah I I your recommendations it, are like there's shitty but things, this is better but you should watch it so um have you seen Kung Fu you have, soccer you have two people you have two people here who've been to chile right <laughs> yeah um that that have way too much way too much chile and pisco because they can't do anything else with it and just let it sit there mm. We age it. Yeah. It's, we're just waiting we, for we, it. We age it into Peruvian Pisco. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're going to waste centuries, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> sort of related. Did you see that uh, Miami is supposedly interested in uh, – they've been reaching out to Real Madrid to sign James Rodriguez. Uh, James? Yeah. Hamas? Hamas. Hummus. Whatever, sorry, I'm just Google it quick. <laughs> it's the gringo That's, pronunciation. It's well, he, he like you know, famously James. says it's not James. You know, it's, it's like Jesus, right? It's Hames. There, we compromise. It's actually Jamie's. <laughs> it's like, it's like James from yeah. the uh, My Party Jacket. James. Um, <laughs> I, I did not, I can't, I, I actually like literally can't imagine uh, teams pl- spending money on players. You don't know when your season's coming back. Like if Minnesota came in for Reynoso or or even, and I, I hate to say this, Benedetti, and like offered. Ooh, and, he'll, he'll be recovered. If, His knee injury. If he'll, they, be he'll be back. He'll be fully recovered. If and they he's more be like cheap. than a million dollars for a player right now that I would just be like, you're stupid. Like you don't know. Like yeah. if, if we come back this year, we'll come back with, we'll talk about it, but um you know, a very limited thing. Like don't spend any money until next year when you know things are back up and ready. Like right now you've got enough of a good squad to, to survive. Uh, you know, just, just go with that. Do not spend money, pay your freaking staff. Um, I would actually be disappointed if they spent like $6 million and they were like, Oh, well, we're not sure about the staff. They're going to be furloughed, but. So like, here's the, here's the salary question. So let's mm-hmm. say like, you're a player and you're guaranteed, I don't know, say $500,000. That's your contract per like season. And like, like for this, in, in this situation, you only, let's say you only play like six games total, right? Did you get your full 500,000 or did they have, or, or is that just yeah. like, yeah, is your it salary, out? Yeah, yeah your salary for the, for the year. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, wow. um, what is it? A force majeure clause in any of the, this, the, 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 Players union yeah. contracts. There's there's nothing in the CBAs that say so you're saying it, that it's prorated. All the players are a bunch of atheist scum who don't believe in God because there's no yep. force of there's no act of God clause in it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Gotcha. Well, Nailed it. So on that, I want to. We're actually going to kick in the speaking of the Bundesliga. No. The, the the yeah yeah. I want to take a break <laughs> though, and uh, and I want to come back, and we will start with Bundesliga and that stuff, and all the leagues and our random speculation. On the 55 One podcast, uh, we were uh, just talking about our. Um, uh, we picked up a new Patreon this week, uh, Brandon, Brandon DePillis, who uh, I believe that's how you pronounce your name, Brandon, but now you're going to unsubscribe, uh, who's now in our Slack channel. Uh, and so we'll, we'll say hi to him there. Um, so if you want to support us doing that, you can. Um, uh, you know, we will. Uh, I I just moved. Uh, finally, got fifty five one the the archive of the the website uh, back up because I had to move it from uh, domains. Uh, so you know those things help uh, the website exist and help uh, us buy microphones, which uh, only two of us are using right now. But I should. Um, you guys can borrow mine. Actually, we should do this during the quarantine. Now that I think about it. Anyway. <laughs> There we go. Reduction planning. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> things that come to mind. I just use a pod playing Slack channel when you have it live on right. the pod. Um, so anyway, let's do this. Let's um, we'll have a little bit of focus here. Bundesliga back in two weeks, pending government approval. Um, uh, Raphael Honigstein for the Athletic had a, a, a 
you know, a good article kind of describing what's going on there, um, which is basically the Bundesliga is coming up with a couple different plans and they're basically presenting them. The way Germany works is that each um, uh, state uh, essentially has um, ownership or, or a say over the health of their people. And so each state has to approve the plan. And so they're just trying to get all the states to kind of agree to this. And then, you know, they don't know exactly what it'll look like, but, um, but you know, they, they will likely be back sometime uh, in the near future. Did you know that only 5,000 people have died in Germany from COVID? Oh. I'm not surprised. Angela Merkel has a, she has a medical background, so I'm not surprised that they started triaging this pretty early. So does Germany have... And Carson is a like, doctor, too. And- yeah. Does Germany have like a state that's like our like Texas or Georgia where there's just a dumbass running it who's gonna like kill everybody? Oh, that's a, who won't approve a plan. That's a great question. I'm not a German expert, but um, uh, according I mean, to I my according lost- to my German friends, it's all the ones that are like the Oktoberfest Lederhosen folks. Uh, or that, wherever that is, I don't know. But that's they, Bavaria. To be honest, they all they all but, they all hate each other. Um, if there's any Germans uh, listening right now. Um, tell us who is your who's your wait? Are we defining as the Texas? Is Texas to, or is it just well, like this, a- Abbott's plan is just dumb? It's dumb. So but, that's just my thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, been very. I mad just about did, that. based it, on the news of the day, Texas was the most the big. I mean, obviously Kemp and George is a dumbass, but like Texas is now Abbott's like, oh Kemp, I can be more of a dumbass than you. Yeah, and as so, a native Texan, I'm, I've been taking that hard today. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, uh, anyone, if if you who is the what is the like state in Germany that is known as kind of like the uh, the uh, Alabamas, if you will, um, not necessarily just for being yokels, but maybe like kind of backwards. Uh, uh, um, but I, I don't know. We can talk about the rest of Europe with where people are coming uh, back, Syria and, and Premier League back training in, in May. Um, uh, Anyone else? What what other details do we have here? I just I, I know like Bundesliga stuff. Like the earliest they could come back would be May nine. They've been uh, rehearsing. God, uh, they've training. been training. I mean, May 9th is like two weeks from <laughs> now. I know that, right? Like <laughs> they've they've been they've been training for like a little over two weeks, something like that. Now, um, they say it's like I mean, every league has basically given the same estimate about the number of people that you need to run a game behind closed doors, like 300 to 500 based on security and all sorts of other stuff. But um, yeah, pending ratification or approval by various states and things on Thursday, um, they could come back as early as May 9. I don't really see that happening. I think it's another week or two after that. But um, yeah, everybody's pretty much the same. The same. uh, plan uh, Italy's prime minister is it or president or whatever it is is um, basically has a plan that you know toward the end of May um, sporting clubs can start to to go back into training and things like that and then um, start to open up and play behind closed doors and, the, and so these I, people I think are, it's going to be similar looking to to finish this season out still yeah and, we... and part of it is purely. Um, some of it is is like the you know figuring out who's going to go up and go down and who's going to hit Champions League, Europa League, all that stuff. But a, a big portion of it is getting that final payment from the television broadcasters. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. a huge part of their financing. So yeah. I I don't I don't blame them from wanting 
try to finish behind closed doors. Like I think I saw somewhere that like if the PL doesn't finish their season, then they are out well, like seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It's not quite a billion, but it's it's, close. it's up there. Um and so there are some leagues like the Eredivisie um in, in uh Netherlands that have just ended their season. They said it's canceled, it did not count. We're taking the top two into Champions League. Yeah. Um, and no one goes down. Which yeah. the 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 second tier league is like, dude, we're eleven points clear or however many points clear. And with a handful of games left, they they're just like Oh man. Sucks for them, you know. Yeah. Whitehawk was having a great year and they uh they did the same thing with their season. I know you guys care about Whitehawk. Um uh yeah. So um what I I guess what I'm kind of curious about is um with um MLS, you know, I forget what exactly we came up with last time we were we recorded this, but my if I remember correctly, I was saying um yeah, why in June and July do behind closed doors and then the rest of the season when we can come back, you can have uh, fans. It sounds like no one expects MLS to play in front of fans this, this season. Is that, do you, do yeah. do you feel no, that I mean, way? like the I, La Liga, I mean, not officially enough, but I think ESPN FC is re- reporting a bunch of it is that like La Liga has no plans to play uh, in front of and you know in front of anybody until 2021, so I don't see how MLS is going to do anything like as far as it, crowds go. Like, can you imagine like if it, come August, how would you have a group of 18,000 people hanging out together? Like, it just seems impossible at this point until there's a vaccine. Like, I don't know how you can do it. Yeah, between that or. The only way is if there is some sort of multiple different types of somewhat reliable treatments for the symptoms, not even a vaccine like that's any and even that's a long shot. I mean, Germany, they they basically banned all large gatherings until the end of October. So they, you know, they canceled Oktoberfest. So there's like, I mean, there's no way that we're going to get anything in, in front of a crowd unless they they figure something out or they, or they push the schedule back and they say, okay, you'll allow, we'll allow crowds during the playoffs, you know, but that's when you're going to start to see it come back. So, you know, here's the thing that, um, that interests me and let's go, let's go way back to like when we were supposed to be playing our first home game and we were all having conversations together, whether Slack or with other people who had season tickets or like whether we were going to go or not. Right. Cause everything was still up in the air. And now like where everything's confirmed and, and and we see the severity of this pandemic, like who really feels comfortable enough to be able to attend? Like that's to be honest. Like, like I don't I don't see a lot of people who who, who would see that. I don't know how players feel at the same time, right? Because because as much as as much as you 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 want to the players want to play at the same time, I'm also thinking about their safety as well too. I mean, all it takes one player to get it right and you play a match and then all of a sudden 60 people might have it right you know yeah because it's, it's you don't know you don't know for 48 hours yeah so like and that's the thing that i that i see is like as much as we we we, we i love soccer right um it's it's just you know you you can't you can't you can't social distance the game like it's like unless unless the uh 
unless the testing is ramped up to the point where like it's it you can test everybody before right and then find out and i mean i'm assuming that's these are these are the conversations that mls is having to be able to do that but at this point you know so each each state is, is is trying to figure out where they get the tests what's funny about um about it is i saw that there was one of the um seattle supporters groups that came out and was like we are absolutely opposed to MLS playing without fans this season. And it was just, it just struck me as like, like, yeah, like fans are the essential part of the game, but you know, it's also essential part of the game, the fucking game. And if we yeah. like, and also I, not dying. Like, yeah. and I would like, yeah. I mean, it would suck, but also it wouldn't. And I, and here's the one, the one positive I can think of this. Cause I do think there's no, uh, there's no fans this year. And that totally blows, like, everyone who listens to this podcast, everyone who's on this podcast, everyone who's heard about this podcast from their grandmother knows that uh, that being at a soccer game is, like, the greatest thing on the planet. But, um, but like, I think the MLS had, has had trouble with its TV contracts, and I think that people will be watching more MLS. I will watch more MLS than I normally would because usually – uh, I just want to watch my team, and then now I will be like, I will, I'll, I'll freaking watch Orlando versus Real Salt Lake. That's how that's how dirty I'll get. I'll, I'll just. Oh. I want to watch it's, Mike Mike Petke watch Orlando versus Real Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> like, my five month old woke me up at six thirty on Sunday, and I had like I had my DVR set to like record like the Loons classics on SN North, <laughs> and so like he and I were just wa- at six thirty that Sunday. We're watching the um, the um, Darwin Hattrick match against Toronto, and it yeah. was and even that just made me happy. And I was like, I could literally just give me any match that might mean something. Yeah, it, it could just mean where you're standing in the preseason to maybe get a run at, I don't even know how, like it could be minimal, but like just give me anything that means anything. And I will watch this crap out of it. Just nonstop. It, it, it does. That does remind me of like watching Sunderland till I die and watching the, like, because I didn't know anything that was going on. I knew that they didn't go up, but I forgot what happened. Um, that like, uh, watching people get so excited and watching a good pass. There were several times I was like, I got misty eyed. I was just thinking like, I just love soccer so much. And I also love human beings so much. It's very difficult for me right now. And like watching, watching, it was just like, Oh my God, that pass. Oh, it was so good. And just feeling really good about a ball moving between other human beings toward another human being. And they collect it with their foot. And it's like, how much joy that that could give me well that was like that was like uh was it there was a tweet like what's the 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 thing that you miss most about soccer or, or the thing that you missed about miss most about whatever your favorite thing is be as specific as possible and matt doyle was like a perfectly weighted through ball oh yeah oh like, yeah i was like yeah. i know yeah yep, no but funny. like similarly, like when i watched sunderland like the second season like i didn't actually pay that like i mean we, i watched it whatever but like the part that stuck out to me the most was like you know, like the crowd scenes, like before there's a goal, how they always like zoom in on the crowd and there's like the anticipation and everyone's like gets on their feet and it's like kind of slow-mo and you're like, yes, and then it happens. And just watching the crowd made me very, very sad. (laughs) I was like, oh, I so miss that so much. Like I know exactly what they're feeling. I know exactly like 
the joy that they have. And I just want that so bad right now. And I can't have, you know what? I'm going to have to actually sell tickets for when, so uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the bar and how they'll reopen, but I imagine it will be like, will be like 50% capacity. So I will actually have to sell tickets for people to be able to watch on TV at Blackheart to watch the game happening at Allianz over there. So, uh, but I did, I did have this idea where I was like, when they play at Allianz, I'm actually just going to go stand outside the stadium, six feet apart, apart from other people with my megaphone or, or something and just, just stand out there. And yeah, anyway, they can, uh, actually they- you could, you could just stream it on your phone so you mm-hmm. can watch it. And you just have a megaphone and just scream. Yeah, I feel outside. like I feel like we have this plan, and then like you know how terrible that would go in real life. So instead, I'll just sell tickets, and like we'll have a hundred people at the bar or something like that. And um, so uh, I, I want to talk about the the big U.S. soccer news that that happened um, a couple weeks ago, uh, which is the death of the development academy that was run through USSF. Um, Rodrigo, you have lots of feelings about this, I know. Um, and I'm curious if you maybe can start by kind of summarizing, like, the USDA system, like, it got cut because of um, basically budget cuts. You know, like, they're, like everyone else, like, suddenly trying to cut lots of things. What happened, and then what does it mean? And then let's talk about, like, the, like, good and bad of what it means. From the uh, business side of it, and then we all know how soccer is a profitable business, specifically for the MLS. Um, But I think mostly, you know, the the DA system that they had in place was not making money at all. Yeah. Like it never really was. It was always losing money. Um, And and it was, it, 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 you know, it fed right into the pay to play thing, right? That we all heard about and seen and personally experienced. And so there wasn't really um, a much emphasis on development, but more an emphasis of um, um, making sure that we we have um, this pool of kids that eventually is going to you know hopefully we, we find something that we can we can profit out in the end, right? And I think I think I you know the idea of having an academy. Is, is not something that I oppose. I think the, the, the lack of consistency and the lack of uh, more like a system, like a consistent system has not been created to be able to actually work on those things like development, right? Like what really makes me mad about this whole thing is like all those kids who have been playing DA, in this DA system, right? Now, what do they have to do, right? Now, what does that say for not this upcoming World Cup run, but the next one, right? Four years out. What is that what is that gonna say about the quality of players, right? The um the 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 quantity of, of, of good players and, and just as well as coaches and what else is, is it really gonna create? Like I understand you gotta make money, like I get that, but like if you are in the uh, in in this part of soccer to make money, then you really are not thinking through what this should really be about, which is about development, creating a system where players can go from um, 
one end to the other and be able to see that growth, right? And then at the same time, um, you know, have something that's consistent, right? Instead of having something else that that is not like the the reasons for for you know financial reasons for getting rid of the DA also. Uh, you know, people have been saying that it also had to do with the fact that they were that that the U.S. Uh, was getting you know that they were getting sued by the women, right? Which I find that like a like a horseshit excuse, yeah. right? Just because we are going to have to settle with something that we did we did wrong from the beginning, from like right. 25 years ago, right? Now that's the reason that we're going to cut this program, right? And so let me. With, Go ahead. I, I just want to, I mean, there's a couple of things with the cut. You know, one is the obvious, like, um, the, the men's side, the boys' side is the gap is going, the, the gap is going to be really filled by MLS academies um, where, and, and profitability on men's and boys' side makes a little bit of sense because there's just, there is a lot of money in men's soccer. Um, and, MLS clubs right now are not making a lot of money off of it, but you know, certainly um, Alfonso Davies uh, created a lot of money, et cetera. Um, and, and the, we can see that the, the future is likely um, more profitability coming through MLS, which then incentivizes uh, clubs, even like Minnesota United to like do more than just have a club in Minnesota, maybe a club in uh in the Dakotas or I don't know what it would look like. Um, but on the girls and women's side, profitability, like it's to me like the fight about the U S postal service. Like it's not there to be profitable. It's there to, to serve a purpose, right? Like there's no profit, like there's no real profit in women's soccer anywhere. Um, you know, it's really just a matter of like, this is a thing that we want. We want a good U.S. women's national team. We want them to win the World Cup, but also we just want to produce, to use the money that U.S. soccer is bringing to just produce better players and better humans. And like, that's what we use it for. And so what I don't get is, and I haven't really seen about this, but also I've kind of been avoiding soccer a little bit, um, is what, like, what does U.S. soccer, how are we going to develop really good 16-year-olds who are ready then, you know, college is really the, the place for um, young women right now, but, like, where are we going to get really good 16-year-old girls? Like, that, that, that's confusing to me. Do you, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that, Rodrigo, or what they think is going to happen? I know you have thoughts on what will happen, but what do they think is going on? U.S. soccer. Well, I mean, maybe they don't care. I, I think I it's, it's like if you look at it, MLS has what? How, what is it like thirty something teams, right? And mm -hmm. I think maybe twenty six or twenty eight of them actually had academies, right? Mm -hmm. Not all. Not all MLS teams had academies. Uh, and they then all you have look some at the sort of academy, but not like full. They don't have like Minnesota United doesn't have a full academy, but right. they all have at least a Minnesota United version, which is starting to yeah. Right, but that's that's still not a full academy, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're gonna buy into the system, it's like we're we're gonna develop these academy players. Then you need to have that system in place, right? right, right. And so, like, if you look at the NWSL, there's there's nothing. Like, there's no there's no academy that I am yeah. aware of that that they run or anything like that because there a there is there is no money for that. So a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of players um, rely on other academy systems to be able to 
play all the way up to what is called the elite level, right? And and to be able to be seen and call it college showcases and all these different types of things. So there's a there's like there's a it's like it's like it's a different route. It's like a very like you know, uh, you know, very ups, uh, uh, ups, obtuse route to be mm-hmm. able to even make it to play in in a professional league, right? And and the men and the boys have have had a con- somewhat of a much better consistent than than the women have, and I think that's 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 where a lot of this comes down to as well. To us, like there is no equal system, and there is no. There's there's yeah. there's three different entities, right? U.S. U.S. Soccer. There's the 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 clubs, the youth clubs, and then there's the uh, professional soccer leagues that are having these discussions into what is it? How can we create something that will alleviate a lot of these roadblocks that are stopping um, from finding players that would will, will benefit, uh, develop right um into 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 professional players that you know they can they can sell or they can use or they can they can do what they what what they what they please with with but it's just that there isn't anything for the for the girls it's just you know they they read they they're just trying to create their own way as, as it is like as far as i know like some of the da teams that were um that there's been like a new league created right yeah. not too not too long recently it's like a mid 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 midwest regional kind of league whether you have some of the Midwest, um, um, you know, high caliber female um, soccer teams that are going to be playing it, and there's, I believe, two, two Minnesota teams on that, and that, uh, two Minnesota clubs on that, and that league, right? But that's like, that's the like everything is like, the timing of this is horrible, because there was no leeway of, or it felt like there's no leeway or backup plan to what was going to happen except for that mls was going to be able to create its own league for its own uh for its own academy and then everyone else is 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 going to have to figure out the things that they're going to do what really frustrates me is like for example if you have a u13 u14 u15 who's already been playing in an academy level by an mls team um then right what happens to that age gap, right? The, yeah. What happens to a 13-year-old who's who's made it to the U15 level, and now the MLS is saying, well, no, we're only keeping the 17s and the 16s, maybe, and then everyone else mm-hmm. will have to play in some sort of different type of league. That, you know, the idea is hopefully that uh, that that the MLS sponsors, right, like a like a community league or a league yeah. where like like other clubs that have talent can play in and and kind of get this kind of exposure but like right now like i don't i don't that's just all talk like no one no one has no one's created anything no one's doing it so like the value and the money that people have paid and the time and sweat right yeah. that that happens between those age groups to be able to make it now becomes like what happens then like what happens to to them like like fred emmings is 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 in a, is in a unique situation Right, because he's been practicing for the first teams, yeah. but how does how does this affect like going forward for players like like that? Right, like I, I my own personal belief is that that the MLS each MLS each MLS is going to have their starting eighteen or the eighteen that they'll have plus their reserves, and they'll have a reserve team, right, which will be made up mostly of those homegrown players that are U seventeen, U eighteen. 
they'll play in a in a in a USL league or a or a different MLS League One type of thing, and that's how you feed your team, right? A homegrown player team. But then there's that gap of U13 and U15 mm-hmm. and U you know U16. What do you do with that? Like, how do you how do you 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 how do you develop that those players to be able to get to that if there isn't yeah. something? I guess what I about? what I would love to see is um uh, you know any uh, something uh, and I don't know what uh, body would create this, but all the U.S. soccer um uh, like sponsorships that are sold or MLS sponsorship that are sold, two percent of that has to be devoted to going to actually paying for these these teams and these co- and the coaches for those teams and and travel fees or something like that and and like just completely set aside this money which is un, untouchable because the one thing i you can always see and that has been remarked on many times is that the the women's team in particular is very white um i think that uh in on in the men's game we've seen a lot more um, diversity, um, uh, because there's just a lot more money in boys soccer. Um, in, in, uh, in girls soccer, there isn't a, a enough money. And so the, the extremely obvious thing of like, well, who gets to play soccer when the elite teams have to travel um, this much and they cost this much, et cetera. Well, yeah, it's going to be the, uh, middle-class white girls uh, who, or this middle-class, which, you know, most oftentimes in, in or upper-middle-class means in, in the U.S. means uh, white girls. And so the this is not going to help the effort to have more um, uh, of a diverse women's team. And and I think that that's, yeah, it's frustrating to, to see that. Um, I don't know if you have any, any more if you guys have any more comments, we we lost Mark temporarily because uh, he, he there was a, a screaming baby going on, and you know screaming babies need to be taken care of, not in like a soprano, not, not in a soprano's way, <laughs> <laughs> but you know in an uh, actual genuine fatherly no. way. <laughs> his, his 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 uh his newborn actually has a like a a plush horse's head that just sleeps. Like a- <laughs> um. All right. Well, let, let me um, ask you, Corey, about this. Um, the Athletic had their article, um, which is, uh, "What if we started the the U.S. League, a uh, U.S. League today?" As if, and the the uh, premise was basically like in 1994, because we were having the World Cup. Uh, part of that was we had to have a big uh, upper division. We had to have a a league MLS had to be formed. And so what if instead of, uh, 1994, uh, it, it now 2026 was going to be the first, um, uh, time when, when MLS uh, would be formed. And so what would it look like? I didn't like this article cause I thought it like was high on concept and low on delivery, but you tell me what you liked about it. I, I thought it was fun because I wasn't expecting the details and the, and the delivery, but I like, you know, the, the, the pro rel dudes who will come for Jeff Reuter on Reddit. It will be uh, one dude. No, it's literally one dude. It's literally one dude. Um, Maybe Ben fast brother as well, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's like, no, there's, I, I, I don't, I don't see us implementing 
pro rel at this point, like unless we merge with the GAMX and then you figure it out. But uh, I like the idea of, of how you would build that where you got 16 teams in MLS one, you have a second tier league MLS two that starts with 20 teams. They all agree to start in that lower, lower tier top two get promoted. No one gets relegated from MLS one. Love that. Two more expansion teams for MLS two the following season next two get promoted that and then uh, i think an additional two uh expansion teams for mls2 so you got two 20 team leagues and then you have your standard promotion relegation i thought it was super fun um what was some of the stuff that they had in there um the playoff stuff was a little wonky to me i'd rather just a regular you know who wins the league wins the league kind of situation but you know the american way is is have a playoff where it's, you know, it's seated where the top six enter a promotion playoff from MLS to, you know, three play six, four place five and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it was super fun. I, I really enjoyed it. The, the, the bit about which cities I couldn't really care less about the fact that, uh, they had, what was it? Uh, the juice was one of the teams that they named the like from team. Miami yeah, or they something some, like that. They or, were, um, they were, there was some marijuana involved. I'm 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 totally speculating, but I think there was some marijuana involved. Yeah, there was some, uh, yeah. But, it was it was it was good. I, I liked some of the the technical details about the roster rules. You know, you can't spend less than fifteen mil on your roster, but there's a you know there's a soft ceiling cap of fifty mil, and you're allowed to go over it, but you have to pay a twenty percent tax and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm literally just looking at the yeah. article right now. I thought it was a fun. Um, thought experiment yeah i mean and, it's definitely you know. fun and it's like quarantine time and i uh, like yeah we we all gotta we all gotta feed the the content beast and and okay so have here's fun. my question yeah did they did they keep the stopwatch from 40 from from 45 <laughs> to zero and then they keep the shootout for instead of pks no they did not mention those in the in the article. Yeah, they they didn't they what, didn't talk about what, that. What kind of crap is that? <laughs> <laughs> the two things that separated the league from in '96 from anything else. Yeah, um, nobody mentioned goalie wars either. Yeah, oh. goalie wars. Tyler Miller tweeted back. about that. He was like, "Bring it back! I want it back." Yeah, Mar- Mark, uh, you uh, took care of the baby, huh? Um. Yeah, it turns out that our five-month-old um, spit up and like all over everything he was sleeping in, and yeah. covered his entire bed and everything, and then was just screaming for like a solid like fifteen minutes until my wife got like, she's like, "Can you please come up here? I know you're in the middle of a pod." And I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." Yeah, so well, I'm back though. He's way to be a pro- proper father. So your, yeah, your you child know, was the exorcist. It was, yeah. We get it. <laughs> Doing my best. Um. <laughs> I need an old priest and a young priest. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's um, move to to this, which is um, Steve Lindley, who's in our um, Patreon only Slack, uh, asked about the building development that was announced uh, d- near the stadium. I I uh, was racing, so I didn't get all the details back to this. We discussed this on our non recorded uh, podcast last week, where we just got together and chatted. Um, it's basically three buildings that share like a parking podium and, uh, you know, listeners, you can go Google parking podium architecture and, um, it's basically they look awful. Yeah. Basically there. the idea is like a parking ramp with buildings on top. Um, so it's like, actually it's more like a base, which, uh, has retail on the bottom, 
then two floors or three floors of parking ramp, and then like smaller like towers coming out of that. Um, I personally am like ambivalent because uh, I do recognize that we need parking on the the area there. Um, it, it's going to always happen. There's anyone who all my bike buddy friends who want to complain about it, it's going to happen. So we need to figure out a way to do it. And I know that underground parking is extremely expensive as Bill McGuire has told me many times. He can tell me, he can tell you how much it costs per uh, space. And it's something like $10,000 a space or something like that. Um, but these do look ugly. Um, and also I believe that co like it basically it, Remind me, it's like a hotel, co-working, and something else. Is that? Residential. Residential. I think co-working is totally a, like, fad that people will look back at in five years. Actually, quarantine, I think, is, like, destroying it now. But, like, I think, like, people will look back at, like, oh, yeah, it's like a, the dot-com bubble where everyone's like, oh, co-working, that's a thing. And it's not really a thing. It won't be a thing. So, but regardless, like, they can find office off people will need office space and they can use it and co-working will just disappear but do you guys have have thoughts no it just, you, it just looks like a really bad lego build <laughs> yeah yeah well it's like a really bad lego build i mean the renderings didn't like. even have walls like just get lazy like put some walls in there yeah yeah i was looking for at least some uh some um uh, Vikings MLS for Minnesota um, cloth uh, cloth of Roseville um, signs to 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 be up or something like that. That's a deep reference. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it did not. It did not. It wasn't sexy. Let's say that. Uh, do you do you care though? Do you care what is around the stadium? Other no, than I, other I, than a queer really? soccer bar. I mean, mm. it was. A, I mean, it was, a, it was a mud pit and a like Apple Valley strip mall beforehand. Yeah. So whatever. Like the um the Office Max finally is going out of business or closing there, and um, yeah, it is. I don't know if you've ever been in that Office Max. It of course, is many a times. The uh, that's where I get all my envelopes. Shittiest Office Max on the planet. <laughs> I like. I for a while I was like, oh, it's close by. I can bike over there. It's like, Oh, this is like, it's like the carpets are like from 1973. It's like you walk in and like they're only selling um, Apple II GSs. It's like, it's like weird time warp going in there. It's like, okay, I just wanted some printer paper, but I guess I'm going to go to the, to the typeset factory next door. That's some really nice calculators. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I don't really, I don't. I don't view that part of the development as um, anything. It's just all out of our control, and I want them to. I want it to develop and be successful. But like, I, I don't. I, I feel. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's like you just. I, what can you do against like really rich people who are trying to put really rich things in? And it seems like way above my pay grade or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's defeatist of me, but. I, I also I'm just gonna grab I'm gonna borrow your bullhorn and when I start building I'm just gonna go over there and, and just start you know asking for affordable housing yeah and I'll just do that 
during my lunch breaks. Anyway, if we're still under under social distancing rules, I'll just go ahead and do it. You know, for half a day, I'll just go over yeah. and yell at them. I, I that's what I wanted. Anything south of university, I don't quite care about. Um, uh, I have ideas about. Obviously, like literally anyone who comes in when I bartend, they're like, "Oh, so what's going to go in the Walmart?" And I, I, I instantly am like, "Oh, well, uh, you know, X Y, you know, go go through my spiel." Um, X World St. Paul. X World? No, Sex World. Remember Sex World in Minneapolis? Sex World St. Paul. Wait, wait, we've got the the sex shop next to Turf Club, man. And between, yeah, Dr. Love, come on. But now. there's not a world. There's not multi stories with everything. Like, you, you need that. I've never been Somewhere in Sex in World. I know, I yeah. Know, I know it's like my, uh, my uh, evangelical uh, prudishness uh, coming out. <laughs> Until there. you've been in. Sticky peat booths. You haven't lived. I haven't. I don't think I want to live then. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> That's what I'm good. Mark, is. you can you can take all those visits from me. Go ahead and Man, my early drive 20s, all the way up to my early twenties were awesome, guys. Yeah, then I know. You went up ninety four and go to some of those gentlemen clubs on ninety four <laughs> in Wisconsin. Go for it. <sighs> um. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I I do have ideas about those things, but in in particular, this it's like. It looks all right. It doesn't look as bad as it could be. It doesn't look great, but I don't really no, it's, expect... It's, it's, it's vaporware. It's like they don't have to commit to a design if you don't have one. Yeah. Like, you know, here's the here's the plot of land that we're going to build on, and we don't have to commit to anything because we don't know what's going to be there or when it's going to be there. Yeah. Um. So let's do some questions. Colin Solberg says, what are everyone's favorite food and beer takeaway orders from Blackheart of St. Paul? Uh, really appreciate um, co-owner Colin Solberg coming in there with the the leading question. <laughs> um, uh, only one of uh, the three of you actually uh, got some takeaway from Blackheart of St. Paul this weekend. Corey Schreppel, you win You're the welcome. prize. My, my wife had the best of intentions, but we had uh, grandparents over for dinner on Saturday and they made dinner. Mm. Well, well, Corey came on Friday, which was, uh, as I like to call it, shit show Friday. It was a complete disaster that made me panic, and it was uh, or one of those really terrible days. Uh, but we survived it, and Saturday went well. But Corey, what did what did what do you want to? We got a bunch of stuff, and uh, I think I think Thank the uh, <laughs> I, th- I think you've I think you've tailored the menu for the uh, the things that you can turn around a mm-hmm. little bit quicker. But I think we got like the. Yeah, like the chicken tender basket and like the fish and chips, and I think those are gone yeah, now, are which is like that totally makes sense. Where like those a, things are just a time suck. Hedgie's pizza and uh and apps. I basically I I I realized that like we're so used to serving beer and then like kind of some food because you're drinking. Uh that and then like people were coming for dinner and they were ordering like things that and we were just it was like, oh my god, we can't do this. So even by, yeah. actually by seven thirty <laughs> at night, I took chicken tenders and fish and chips off the menu. I was like, we can't do this. Like they're killing us. We're everyone's mad. We're refunding things. Um, so yeah. But what beer did you get? Uh, I got the Urban Growler Cream Ale. That was which our, was our top delicious. On the weekend, we did get oh, the Cowbell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got we Cowbell's got a four pack of that. We got the we got the we we went pretty deep in the paint for that one. We got uh we got the the chicken, we got the fish and chips, we got the mini corn dogs and the cheese curds, and we ate all of it. And we had all we had the the four pack, and it was 
it was a very good Friday evening of just curled up on the couch afterward and in the fetal position going, I've not eaten fried food like this in like four weeks. See, I'm very excited. Like West has talked up the um, PBR hard coffee. Oh yeah. And I feel like the best combo would be the PBR hard coffee four pack with the bent paddle. Uh, hell. Black ale six yep. pack. Yeah, you're right. Just, you're absolutely and right. And just open up everything and dump it into a pitcher. Yeah. Just stir that up. No, Cor- I've made that for Corey. I've, I've made the you you do basically like um two parts uh um hard coffee, one part uh black ale, and um it it is very delicious. It is like breakfast. It is it is very sweet and dangerous breakfast. I would almost do half and half for me personally, but it was uh it's very good. It's yeah. very good. It's a it's a breakfast beer. Uh but thanks for everyone supporting. Uh we'll be back this Friday and and have our I think have our shit together with uh Jamie Monroe is the the performer this week. Um Chad Ooh, said, Jamie follows me on Instagram. That's oh really? Cool. Oh yeah. I might have to do that then. Now, then. Just because uh, <laughs> Saturday was my birthday. And so, was. Like, I wasn't really regulating what was what yeah. was happening on my birthday. So I might if I was going to order anything, it would always be the fries and the uh, and um, cheese curds. Those well, my, my, my sales that. pitch is like, if you're going to go to the liquor store, go to the place that is just more fabulous. And then, like, you have to get some food. So we have Ruffles chips on there. If you just, if you want to pay a buck for Ruffles chips, I was wondering about that. That makes so much sense. That's why it's basically like, like, yeah. And it's hard to like message to people like, we're just a fabulous liquor store right now. And I, I've, I realized that going into it because I view it as like you get beer and then like, oh, yeah, I'll get some cheese curds. But everyone was like, no, I'm getting dinner. And I was like, and people were like ordering no liquor. And I was like, that's not the point of this place. Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but uh, um, uh, I will say Bang's stuff. We have bombers of their stuff. Their cream ale and Pilsner that I've uh, been drinking during this pod are freaking amazing. Um, and so uh, grab those. Um, Nate Howell says, why do my kids keep spilling milk and apple juice on computers? That's two fried laptops this year. Uh, Corey? kids. Don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Sippy cups, Sippy cups, man. Sippy cups. Uh, I have this podcast right with kids. Yes. I chose wisely. Yeah. Sippy cups also, like, I don't know. Like, my kids are like, they're, they're, there's nowhere near my computer. So, um, Toby Sizer says, um, oh, shoot. A bit, uh, okay. Will this. Will this be enough time for Robin Lude to get in shape or too much time? Also, can you use this time to create signature cocktails for the bars based on players? Uh, first question, anyone have a... Well, wasn't Robin Lude like the most in-shape player in preseason? Like on the, like, the whatever the the little click, yeah, whatever the, the that little, is. The little, yeah. the little, um, the little GPS whatever. bras that they wear. Yeah, no, but that was the other key. What's that little like? What's that little drill they do that like you just run and run? So beep test, the beep test, yeah, beep test. I think he won the beep test. Yeah, yeah. Um, did he win or was it Billingsley? I thought thought it was Billingsley. I thought thought he won and Billingsley was second. It could be Robin Lud was was up there at least. I do I do remember hearing top three. Um, We'll say he's top three. Yeah, at least top top eighteen. Um, (laughs) well, this this Uh, this kind of relates. Well, I guess. Can so. you would would you make would you make a drink called the the load shooters? <laughs> what is in the load shooters? I have no idea. 
Um, we do have a like. Uh, we have a few of those. People have been in there. Will like look and there's there's a few of these um, like uh, raspberry kamikazes and uh, ones that not on the menu, but I think still think we make. Um, called saddle shots. I think saddle shots would, would be it. There's one called the Tootsie Shot Pot or Tootsie Pop Shot. Have you have any of you guys had these? They're like a dollar, and they're. They, I think they, I have the Tootsie Pop Shot. Tastes like a Tootsie Pop, and it is like yeah. Okay, so I have, I've had that one. Yeah, it's like uh, shoot, I forget. This is like there's parts of, of the business that I just I like. They've been doing it for so long. You guys just do it, and I I never make them like. They don't make us money. They're just things that people like to drink during drag shows. Like, cool, do it. Um, I forget what's in it, what the base what the base liqueur is. I think it's like Kahlua coffee liqueur, orange juice, and something else, uh, like a grape liqueur. And it and it like doesn't make sense until you drink it, and you can. Part of your brain can taste all the separate things, and then the rest is like, "This is the Tootsie Pop." Anyway, so uh, the that is a, a, a lewd shooter. Um, I mean, you have a, a ham pop. Alabama Slammer, yeah, but you don't have hams. Yeah, because it, hams you could, is not you a could good have fucking a beer. Hams, hams for a dollar. I've got PBR and I've got premium, <laughs> and those are decent. Good, but could you call? Can, you can't make a fun joke and just have no. say, "Oh, who wants a Mia Hams?" Oh, it, it writes itself. Yeah, that's true. He, right. just, he just puts painters tape on it. And yeah. Sharpies uh-huh. Mia. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'll yeah. I'll right. come in and redo all your cans for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, pretend. This is the last question from at Olson though. Um, uh, pretend pod. You just act like. Uh, COVID never happened and bring us the news from alternate universe. Is Robin Lud finally paying off? How many goals does Emmeria have? Is Free Chacon trending? Should we be concerned with Toy's progression? Uh, who wants to take what 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 alternate universe? What do you think it would have been like? Emmeria's got at least 10 goals right now. Oh, fuck. Oh, my. I, I got to change my pants. Sorry. He, he's oh. got He's got 10 goals right now. <laughs> He's already in double digits. I was I was legit trying to get uh, a, a mural artist to make an Amaria face and then like just do the graffiti of each each goal that he scored. So I'm I'm very pissed off that I won't get a chance to do that. Anyone else? Who? What else? Uh, can I go back to like my Hallmark channel and just talk about how great our team would be? Mm. Remember no. those days. Yeah. How great they Don't tell are. Us. No, How great they are. Right? What, How great what, they are. What's, what's the news? Everything's clicking. We signed Reynoso and everything's coming together. Oh we God. are currently second in the West. I can't believe you know, how, uh, how well Benedetti, Reynoso, and Chacon are, are like just it's, the three of them. It's are, the interplay between them. They can all play simpatico. every position in the midfield. Like they just go everywhere. It's amazing. Chacon, it's like, has, uh, Chacon has five assists or nine assists and five goals. Oh, it's so good, Rodrigo. And, um, what yeah. what happens in your alternate reality? Well, my alternate re- reality is called FIFA Twenty, <laughs> and in, and, in, <laughs> and in that reality, Amaria has at this point we're sitting at first. Uh, we've only lost our, we lost our first game to uh, Montreal. Don't ask me why, but uh, Thierry Henry. Uh, and ever since yeah. then, uh, a, a legend. Um, and ever since then, Amaria has. 14 goals. Molino has 12. Chacon has 12 assists and three goals. Lude 
does not make the 18 um, every time Tyler Miller has so far 23 saves and 10, um, 10 clean sheets that I remember I'm going off the top of my head that I'm this, trying to remember. Yeah. And, and, um, Oh, Chase, Chase and, and a has ha- <laughs> no, gotten three starts. Ozzy's only gotten two yellow cards. Whoa. This, this, I love this reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I am, we were set up for two really great games, right? And set up for a trajectory of like really testing this idea of we're how, you know, like maybe I, maybe we were a bit underestimating some of the players. Like definitely I've all with, after game one, I was like, I think I'm wrong about Amaria. Very happy to be, but almost like I was starting to think. I wonder if we're going to have to not embrace Heath because I still kind of think he's a dick, and I would like a coach who like people like. Um, but maybe he's better than I think, and I think that there's an alternate reality where um, he's an actual good coach. <laughs> but um, it's not the reality. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that Emeria, I, I'm, I'm bummed that we didn't get to see what, what was there. And I also think that Robin Lude, like, you know, I, I think he's garbage, but like, again, he's a player like, all right, show me your, he got garbage. his goal. He got his goal in the first two games. He did. I have a question in this ultimate reality, alternate reality. Uh, does Christian Ramirez ever play at Allianz field? Because he got traded to LA. Yeah, that's I, mean, I brought that up then, in the interview with him. Yeah, and then got traded to Houston before the LAFC match yep. at Allianz Field. Yeah, and after the Houston already played there, and now yeah. this whole season's lost. Like literally, we're gonna go it's three years before Christian Ramirez plays in front of us again. We'll 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 bring him back as our bench striker, and then he'll play. Yeah, I am. Um, I I purposely did not ask him about the idea of playing for Minnesota again. A because I think if he actually answered it, it would be disrespectful to Houston. And B um, because uh, we all know that what's why he had to leave. And it wasn't actually all Heath because I I actually believe that uh, Manny um, was was a big part of that too. But um, yeah, I mean, God, if he's you know he's twenty nine now, right? Two years from now. We can imagine the dude given his last three years here, just putting putting goals away. I what I loved about that Ramirez interview, just to finish on this, is uh is that he just like he would describe goals and I'm like, You you've scored so many goals and you know all of their names. You know, you can you can tell me what their favorite colors are. Um the fact that his his goals are his children and that he can he can he loves them all dearly. Some of them he loves more than others, which we all do as parents, but you know. <laughs> it's true. Um, Except for Corey. Corey, Corey opted Corey, not Corey, to have that happen. Corey doesn't know no. that. Corey, Corey doesn't know what love is. Corey, Corey I, I, Sire's I like silence podcast. and money. It's fine. No, sorry. <laughs> Corey, Corey Sire's podcasts, uh, like a quiver, quiverful uh, uh, oh, man. So, yeah. Like, None of them in my matter. alternate reality, in my alternate reality, I have not gotten to the October 4th game yet. So mm. okay. I will let you know when I get there yeah. 
I might twitch it because it's on my Xbox. And yeah, we got Twitch on the Xbox. I might just do it. I totally stopped twitching because I just like lost all will to live at some <laughs> point during the quarantine. I'm still here, but uh, you know, I was like, oh, this will keep me entertained. And then I was like, no, it's not. I just need to like survive. And then I bought this cargo bike, right. and I'm just biking around the cities with my kids. So yeah, no, right now it's just fighting, fighting with the kids to see who gets the Xbox because some play Minecraft with their friends, others just play Minecraft, others just yeah, so it's so it's all that. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get to the October fourth game before October fourth. So we'll see. But well, um, kids and rascals, thank you all for listening. Uh, I, I, if you got this far, then you win a fucking prize. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, it's good to talk to all of you, Corey, Mark, Rodrigo. Um, we'll do this again sometime. I'll try to do some more interviews. Uh, I, I haven't figured out. Who uh, I mean, Miguel has to be next, right? I love Miguel. Miguel is not great to talk to on in in an interview, um, which is why I like. Uh, yeah, I mean, the things that I want to get Miguel to talk about that would be good, he's not going to talk about, and I actually wouldn't want to get him to talk about. You know, I want him to talk about his time in Minnesota, and and in order to say the things that you really want to hear him say. He's not gonna. He's not gonna say it. So that's why I kind of. Fine. We'll settle for Ibsen. Yeah, I can. Oh, oh my. Oh, oh, don't. He's still playing. He's still playing. I'll just. We'll get Eric. Eric Silver Brenneman. I tried to get Eric to do an interview with Ibsen once, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so busy." Like, dude, <laughs> which one? Fucking Wait, Ibsen. Which one? You motherfucker. Wait, Ibsen or uh, Eric? No, Eric was. It was like. Oh, I was like, it's fucking Ibsen, dude. Go do an interview. This will be like the biggest thing you've ever done in your life. And it's, uh, um, <laughs> so I, I, the way I try to uh, figure out who I'm going to interview is figure out who, like, I know what most players are going to say to me. And so how can I get them to say it better? And who can I get them? What can I get them to say? Which is why, like, I always know what Eric Miller will give me is is really genuine and thoughtful um christian has actually surprised me a bit this time because um he's a he's like a, a medium level interview for me but i might like call like connor tobin uh in or or neil lavity or something in, in madison catch up with them uh, we'll see you, guys. Can't, you can't call Coleman. yeah i know i was thinking i was like i doubt you'll get him to be frank but if you get him talking um, about the ped yeah. that would be amazing no, I don't actually okay. want to because I don't want to. I actually like it just as a personal thing. I don't want to hear about it because it makes me sad. <laughs> just, just That's ask Brent Common what his favorite butt rock albums are. Oh yeah, yeah. He better that. be growing his Thor hair back during this whole mm. quarantine. Oh god, I just <laughs> hope that that dude has hockey hair like nothing else. Just like just go f- go full Mighty Ducks. All right, party guys. in the front and party in the back. Yeah, let's let's call it a day. Thanks everyone and uh and uh we'll we'll see you all soon. Thanks. Bye.